we are in a series in Malachi called um, When the Lights Went Out. And that is a, a series about uh, the book of Malachi. And after that's what's called the 400 Years of Silence. And that doesn't get broken until this guy, the name John the Baptist shows up. And then that other guy named Jesus show up, right? And so we're doing that. But this morning we're taking a break from that. And we're going to talk about a thank offering. And uh, thank offering is not something that most people really have a, a category for. And so we're just going to walk through what it is and where it is in Scripture. And we're going to talk about giving a thank offering. So every year for a mission or ministries or whoever we have, uh, we pick one of them and we just decide to bless them. They don't know it's coming. Hi, Sam. They don't know it's coming. And, uh, and, and, and we do it just to, to bless them, right? And so we're doing that this year, and we're doing it for Juan and Clarice down in Ensenada. So we'll show you. Here's a picture of Juan and Clarice. You can see them, and there's their kids hanging in the back there. And uh, they serve in Ensenada. And I realize it would have been smart of me to make a map, because some of us go, where is Ensenada? Is that like in Miami or, you know, what's the deal? So Seattle, go down to L.A., right? I'll move this a little bit. If you, if you go to Seattle and go to L.A., and then L.A., you go to San Diego. used to have a football team. And then San Diego, you go to Tijuana. And then Tijuana, you hook a right, and you head down the Baja, which is that big peninsula that you all remember from your geography lessons. And halfway down there is the city of Ensenada. If you go in Ensenada and then go straight east, and you go over the mountain and go out into the farming valley out there, that's Ojos Negros, and that's the feeding program that we support out there. But coming back down the mountain and, and back into the city of Ensenada, Pastor Speedy is there, and then his son Juan and Clarice are doing the, the mission with the kids, and that's what we're going to help with. So that might help give you a little bit of what we're trying to do. So we've worked with them in the past. Um, Margaret and Andy Smith have known Juan since I think he was like nine years old, so right, it goes back a ways. And uh, Ismail and Rosa that were in Ojos Negros. Ismail is with the Lord now, but uh, Rosa's still alive, and they did the feeding program. Rosa is sister to Pastor Speedy and aunt to Juan. So it's a family ministry network down there that we're connected to, and we've got a lot of relationship with them, and we know them quite well, so it's really a, a neat deal. Uh, Juan is a nurse by career, and so he had a, what for down there was a really good job and a really good career path, and uh, he felt called by the Lord to give that up, and so he walked away from his nursing career and went in to help in the ministries that we'll see a little bit later this morning, and, uh, and so he did that by faith. He had no means of support, no way to do it, and he just did it and walked away from faith, and that's one of the reasons that we think he's uh, worthy of giving a thank offering. Um, when we we see the when we see the video, we'll see it this morning. They'll, he'll you'll see a little bit more of what they're doing and where they're at. But we'll we'll walk through this idea of a thank offering first. And so let's open up this morning. We'll pray and give it to the Lord, and then we'll come back to the message. Lord, thank you for Thanksgiving. Great holiday that usually gets blown by without a lot of thought because everybody's gunning for Christmas and the stores have already transitioned right over. But we want to stop and pause this morning because Thanksgiving was based on being thankful to you. And it's a holiday of thankfulness, which is something that is rare in our country today, um, Lord, especially towards you. 
And so we, we seek for to catch the spirit of it as we walk through some of the hints that are left in your word and some of the ideas that come out of that. And we ask that we would be not only a great blessing to Juan and Clarice with this thank offering, but that we'd be blessed as well. And so we seek you for that this morning. We give it to you. As always, you are free to roam and rumble through your spirit among us and have conversations with us. And uh, we are awed that you'd be our guest of honor today. So we give that to you in your name and with great hope. Amen. All right. Well, let's look at the idea of this thank offering. Where does that come from? Uh, In scripture, it's known as the thank offering or the peace offering. And it can be broken into two different components. The first one is uh, what we just said, the thank or peace offering. The second one is what's called a votive or a a vow offering. Uh, Unger's Bible Dictionary, anybody use that? Right, absolute gem. Yeah, it's a great, great book. says that the thank offering is the properly Eucharistic offering among the Jews. Now, instantly I've lost you. What does that mean? Right, let me explain to you. He says, in its theory, resembling the meat offering and therefore indicating that the offerer, here's the key point, was already reconciled to and in covenant with God. In other words, the person giving the thank offering, in this case, is not in trouble. They've not sinned. They've not done something bad. They're not trying to make something right. They're already right. They're already in right relationship with the Father. And it's in that context then that comes this uh, idea of giving a thank offering. Right? It's God has been good and you want to be grateful to him and so you give a thank offering. The, the thank offering or peace offerings, unlike other sacrifices, were not ordained to be in a fixed or regular course. Uh, and what that means is if you look at the festivals, right, they all laid out at certain times of year and at certain times and, and they were regular through the whole course. Uh, these were not that way. These were uh, to be uh, spontaneous, all right? Uh, the only constant reoccurring uh, peace offering appears to have been the first two lambs at the Feast of Pentecost that were known as a peace or a thank offering. That you can find that in Leviticus general, uh, Leviticus chapter 23. But the general principle, the peace offering, seems to have been that it should be entirely spontaneous. Right? And I think this is important because, you know, when you think of the Old Testament, do you think of the Old Testament as spontaneous? No, right? It's like chunk, 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 la, la, do, do, da, right? Kind of thing. And, and you don't think of it as fun. You don't think of it laughter. You don't think of it as spontaneous. And yet this was one of the offerings that was actually created just for it. It was to be a spontaneous gift and a spontaneous expression to God where you were grateful for what had happened. He says, and it should be offered as occasion should arise. So it can happen more than once. Like we're doing a thank offering for Juan and Clarice, and then we're doing step-by-step the week after. Well, somebody said, why do you do both of them? Well, because it doesn't need to be just one, right? As the occasion arises, and in our case, two of them kind of come here back-to-back. And so, as we mentioned, they're divided into the offerings of thanksgiving and then the vows or free wills offerings, which later, most of us would recognize this as like when a Nazarite took a vow, and then at the end of keeping that vow, they gave a thank offering because they were able to keep the vow to the Lord. So that's uh, what they're talking about right here. It says, We find accordingly peace offerings offered for the people on a great scale at periods of two things, either unusual solemnity or uh, rejoicing. 
So there were two occasions in the national life where they did this kind of as a group. And that was one where uh, it was uh, really solemn. Like they, they were before the Lord and they would give thank offerings before the Lord. Or there was great rejoicing. Phenomenal things had happened. Stuff had just broken loose and they just wanted to say thank you to God. And so they gave, they gave the offering. Second uh, Samuel mentions uh, peace offerings. They're offered with birth offerings, but that's the only time it's mentioned with sorrow or fasting. So it's different than the other offerings uh, that we think of. So what we find then is the thank offering, when we think about this as we're talking about doing this as a group, it's offered from a person who's already in communion with the Lord, already in a relationship, doing well. You're walking, you had your quiet times this week, you prayed, uh, you followed through, you did what the Lord told you to do, and and it's out of that spirit. It's not out of, I've not done it. It's not done out of guilt. It's not done out of a spirit of have to. It's somebody who's been walking and said, man, I am so grateful. We're teenagers. I'm so stinking grateful, right? So grateful for what you've done that I just want to give something back and say thanks. That's the idea behind it. And that's where this idea of thank you comes from. Uh, Paul in the New Testament uh, puts it this way, and it's mostly found in the book of Philippians. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Otherwise, just look on the screen um, or your phone, right, or your tablet or whatever else you turn on, right? We don't open up to, we now turn on to, right, the Bible. But open that up. Philippians chapter 1, he says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He's talking about they've entered into the gospel with them, right? It's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. And so Paul's thanking the Philippian church. The Philippian church is really different from all the other churches uh, that you find in the epistles in that they were really a church that understood some things and they understood how to uh, have Paul's back in ministry. And so uh, they freely gave when it came to Paul's ministry and the spreading of the gospel. And Paul calls it here a ministry of grace. He says it's, it's something that they, they stepped into. And he says, I have a right to feel this way about you. Why does he say he has a right? He says, because I've experienced it. I've experienced your help. When I was in some tough spots, when I didn't have some things and I was in trouble and, and nobody else was backing me, guess what? A gift from you would come through. And I can't tell you what that's done for my heart with ministry. And that's why Paul calls it a grace, right? Later in the book, he, he, um, he pins what are now some very famous words. If you go to Philippians chapter 4, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, and here's the key phrase, with, what does he say? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds 
in Christ Jesus. Paul here is pointing out something I think is really important. It's not just that we go to God in prayer, but it's how we go to God in prayer. There's a lot of ways you can approach God in prayer, right? You can approach Him being angry. You did not do what I asked you for. You can approach Him with uh, the want-to list. All right, let's do business, right? This is a transaction account. You're the store, I'm a client. Here's my shopping list. Let's go, right? You can approach it that way. You can approach it uh, from the angle of... um, I need, I, 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 I got to have, I got to have, I got to have, right? And, and God is very different than us in many, many ways. But in one way, he's really the same. It matters how we come to him, right? When your friends come and talk to you, it matters how, if they just come to you and they grumble at you, right? You, right? We kind of, we got our guard up. But if someone comes with the right tone, we instantly drop our guard, right? Oh, how you doing? Right? Judah, buddy, how do we do? Yeah, good, right? We talk about it and we, we hang like that. And, and Paul's saying that thanksgiving is a big part of prayer because it sets the right tone. When we're thankful, when we're grateful to God for what he's done for us, has God done anything good for you? Right? Just think about that. Think through your history. Think through your story. You say, well, I, I think he has, but I don't know. I can't remember last week, so it's hard to... Right? Isn't that kind of get that way? But, you know, if you slowly go back through the week, you start to uncover things where you, oh, that went well, and that, and that, that, answered a, that prayer actually got answered, and, oh, my goodness, and that was good, and he did that. And pretty soon you become really thankful. And Paul says that is a great platform or foundation of how to come to God, is to come to him with a thankful heart because it sets it right between you and him. Look at what he says here again. Look at these. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's another word for thankfulness, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is here. He's at hand. He's not out there somewhere. Do not be anxious. Don't be anxious about... Really, as Americans, we could read that. Be anxious about everything but pray anyways. That's how we'd interpret it, right? <laughs> Oh, you guys look so innocent. Angst, anxiety, me, no, what? Right? We, we get anxious over everything. What does Paul say here? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? What's the key phrase? With thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving creates the right buffer. It helps relieve anxiety. Because you come to the Lord and say, by the way, you're good. I'm worried about this. I'm just going to come to you. Because you're a good father, and I know that I can. And then he says, this peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When you're thankful to God, God gives you his peace, and it guards us. Uh, This culture is rife with stuff that produces anxiety in us. I mean, we've got states burning up. We've got all kinds of things imploding. Um, It's just a crazy world that we live in. But notice that prayer and supplication are to be done in a spirit of thanksgiving. A spirit of thankfulness, therefore, is this access point to peace. Right? If you're not grateful, if you're not thankful, you probably won't find much peace. But if you are thankful, you are, you are going to find peace. Here it's called the peace that passes understanding and that it guards our minds and hearts. So there's, so there's a great, what I'm trying to say this morning, is there's a great benefit 
in staying thankful, in staying grateful. It's kind of uh, thankfulness and gratefulness. They're kind of cousins, right? Kindred cousins. They, they always hang out together in terms of words. It's pretty hard to be thankful and not be grateful. And it's pretty hard to be grateful and not be thankful. They kind of go together. And so being grateful for what God has done, being grateful for who God is, is a really important thing. Then Paul adds this a little further here in, in Philippians. He says, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. We kind of think of Paul, the apostle, as kind of this robot, right? He's kind of this evangelistic snowplow. I'm just going to plow through every town I can find and, you know, and let bodies fall where they may and you know, we're pushing for the gospel kind of thing. Or we think of him as kind of this superhead theologian. My job is to write scripture. Mm, what, what scripture will I write today? And we don't think of him as a person. We don't think of him as having heart or uh, emotions or any kind of... If we think of him with emotions, we think of him as intense or course-correcting, right? But we don't think of him as kind. And in this, Paul says to them, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. In other words, he has a deep sense of appreciation for how they've helped him out. It was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, Philippians, yourselves know that at the beginning of the gospel, in other words, when he first came into Greece and started sharing the gospel there, he says, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. There were a lot of churches that he planted, but Paul says, you know what? There was only one church that kept me in their sight. There was only one church that thought of me. There was only one church that had my back. You know who that was? That was you, Philippians. You were the one church that remembered me. And he said, man, I'm grateful for you. And Paul's recounting his experience here because he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul says, you know what? You've been really generous to me and I'm going to ask God to be really generous back to you. He says, I'm, I'm, I just got to bless you people. That's been incredible. And so Paul's recounting his experiences uh, when he first came to Greece and all the around. Remember, it wasn't all good. Remember he got jailed in Philippi? Remember? And, and they got beaten with rods and then there was an earthquake and the jailer thought they were all escaping so he was going to kill himself. And Paul said, hey, it's cool. We're all here. Right? And then the jailer and his family, oh, he probably didn't say, hey, we're cool. It's all here. That's Steve's way of saying it, right? He probably said something different than that. But, you know, hey, and... and the, the jailer and his whole family came to Christ. And then remember in, in Thessalonica, it got so intense that they had to scoot him out of town secretly at night and, and shuffle him to Berea so that he wouldn't get killed. Okay? The fact that he just had to leave Thessalonica, that's not very accurate. He, had, he was upon threat of life. And so the Bereans were more noble. They checked in Scripture to see if what Paul was saying was actually accurate. And... Uh, but it was through all that chaos and all the churches and all the places, he eventually wound up in Corinth. And he's going to use the Philippian church as an example for the Corinthian church. I'll show you that in just a second. But, but it was the Philippian church, that group of people that actually once existed. They sat just like you guys. Now, they probably didn't have as nice of chairs as we did. I don't know if they sat on benches or what, but they were an actual group of people, real people. Right? They were in a, a Roman city called Philippi and they were the first time they had heard about this Jesus and a Jesus who had resurrected from the dead and a Jesus who had uh, 
died for their sins and a Jesus who would save them if they would confess their faith in him. And so this is the first place where that actually broke out. And, and Paul says, you stayed with me. You, you've hung with me all the way through, even to where I am now. He was in Corinth when he was writing this. And Paul says that great increase in fruit came as a result of their generous giving towards the ministry. In other words, a lot of what I've been able to accomplish, a lot of what God was able to do through me, he was able to do because of you. Isn't that cool? You say, Philippian church, you know what? You've got a, a piece of everything that God's done for eternity in the kingdom because you were the church that kept me going. You were the church that had my back. You were the church that supported me. Look at what Paul says, the verses following these. He says this, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And what's he saying? They didn't just give once. They kept giving. And he says, this has spilled out to where your reputation as a church is radiant. It's all over the place. Everybody knows, uh, not just about the Philippian church, but about the spirit in the Philippian church. They didn't just give when Paul was in the area there. They gave throughout his whole time of ministry. And Paul here shows incredible gratefulness. He's like, man, you guys are something. He says, for what an incredibly generous church this was and, and, and how they had become known for that. Uh, and with this picture in mind, because here's the point. I, I want us to be the same kind of church as the Philippian church. I've said to us many times and taught to us Many, taught us many times that a grateful church is a healthy church, right? And almost always a grateful church is a generous church. And you as a church are incredibly generous and uh, incredibly grateful. And because of that, we have the things that we've seen the Lord do over the years here. And so with that picture in mind, what we did is we asked Juan to put a video together that he could show us what it kind of looked like down there. And uh, so he doesn't know that this offering is coming, we're going to support them after the first of the year in a regular way. And so he thinks we need a video so that uh, you can see their ministries and know why we're supporting them, right? He doesn't know that we set it up so that you can see what they're doing so that we could take the thank offering besides. So this is going to be really cool. Watch the video and then I'll come back up. Hi, Pastor Steve and all the church. And thanks for your support.
to the another places and teach another kid. Did you sit here? Just a little kid, we work here. And this is the teachers here, the ladies here. They are the kids, the teachers, they teach them here. And this is the place we use every Sunday and Thursday, Thursday, and Sunday to make the work for God here in Ensenada. And I appreciate it and thanks for everything you do. And say hi to everyone and hi everyone. Appreciate it and we hope to see you soon. And maybe you can come here to help us and do the work for God. And maybe we can go to, go to Seattle to work with you. Ends about three times. Hello. <laughs> no teeth. And my kid Jocelyn is inside and let me show you and thanks for everything you do again. <laughs> and I appreciate it. And we do everything for God. All we do is for God. We love God. This is my little kid Jocelyn. <laughs> this is my kid. I have two kids. And 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 thanks again. And Pastor Steve, I appreciate it, all you do, all the church you do, for us and for God. For God, we live by faith, and we believe God supports us. And I appreciate everything. Thanks again, and God bless you to all. God bless you. <laughs> I like that. He ended three or four times. That was good. That was fun. Oh, that's that's great stuff there. All right. So um, just because they're in Ensenada and we're here doesn't mean it's a cakewalk for us. I understand that. We have budgets. We have pressures. We have limits. We have things like that. And uh, and But Paul is talking in 2 Corinthians about those who supported his ministry. Look at how he, he says this to the Corinthians here. Oh, I went there. There we go. Sorry. He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, he says, I have personal knowledge of this, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Now, Who's he talking about here? He's talking to the Corinthian church, right? But he's talking to them about somebody. The churches, uh, who were the churches in Macedonia? Well, you have the 
Berean church, you have the Thessalonian church, and the Philippian church. And he's talking to them specifically about the Philippian church. Paul is pointing out that it wasn't because of their great abundance or wealth. Look at what he says there for in their severe test of affliction. In other words, it wasn't going that great for them. They were a small, struggling little church. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. What he's saying is they gave anyways. They found ways to give stuff, even though they had nothing. And that's one of the most stunning things when you go to other parts of the world and you watch people have nothing give you something. And you're like, no, that's backwards. We need to be giving to you. And that's what Paul was kind of pointing out here. He says that they possessed a spirit of generosity, a spirit of what we'd call sacrificial generosity. And that is is such an important uh, piece uh, in terms of how our hearts operate. He says they gave beyond even what the Apostle Paul thought they could give. Right? Paul was stunned at what they were able to put together for the offering. And notice the strong passion here. He says, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, in other words, I have personal first-hand knowledge of this group of people, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. In other words, you know what, Philippian Church, you've given a lot, you've given before, we'll let some others carry it this time. No, 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 wait. Let us in on that. No, no, we don't want to be excluded out. Let us in. See, it was in their DNA. They knew how to be sacrificially generous. And that was something that just stood out to Paul. He says, please don't steal this blessing from us. Uh, but people, I often, if I'm doing some serving, somebody will try to outserve me. And I, I say, don't you steal my blessing from me. Okay? And, and what I'm saying to them is, no, wait. I, I get great joy from doing this. I like doing that. And, and I want to do that. You want to do it together? Okay, we can do it together. Looking at you, Wendy Garrett. <laughs> Always trying to steal my blessing. And uh, we try to outserve each other. It's a miserable joy. And, uh, and, and that's what Paul's setting here. So what he's saying is uh, the importance of the order. And he says this. Look at this. He says, and not only this, what he just said, but he says, and on top of it, not as we expected... But they gave themselves first to the Lord, then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, he's talking to the Corinthian church, in, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So Paul calls giving an act of grace. It's part of what God builds in you. Why? Because God's generous. God's not stingy. And he builds that act of, Paul says, this act of grace in us. Paul said something else in order here that's really important. Notice what the order was. Notice what they did. Before they gave the offering, before they practiced generosity, what did they do? They gave themselves to, they gave themselves to the Lord. And this is a really good, proper sequence. First you give yourself to the Lord, then you give the gift. It's not about, oh my gosh, here's an offering, I'll throw something in, I hope they'll be happy kind of things. no. You have to give yourself the Lord. And that's why we, we cover the thank offering over two Sundays. We have this Sunday and next Sunday, so you can go home and you can talk with your family. Parents, this is a great thing with your kids to sit down, show them a picture of Juan and Clarice and say, hey, we're doing a thank offering. What do you think as a family we should do? 
And you talk about how God's been generous. And you talk about how God's been kind. Because God's been generous and kind to us, we want to be generous and kind to these people. What could we do? Paul's using the Corinthian church, and he's saying to the Corinthian church over here, look at the Philippian church. You, uh, Corinthian church, you got way more stuff. You're way richer. You got way more gifts. You got all kinds of things that, that this group doesn't have at all. But they make you look silly in this grace of giving because they are really generous and, and you need to learn that because they had promised an offering and Paul wasn't sure it was put together so he sent Titus just to make sure they actually had it lined up, right? And he's pointing, using the Philippian church as a character example for them of how it should work for them. That's what he's, what he's writing about here. The Philippian church asked to be filled with grace before they they participated in a work or an act of grace. And I think that's really important, that we go to God and ask him to fill us with grace before we participate in a work of grace. Lord, what do you want from us on this one? Different amounts, same sacrifice. What he might ask you on this one might be different than what he asks you on step-by-step. For some, he might ask a great deal of step-by-step, might ask less on this one. On this one, he might ask a lot of you and less on step-by-step, right? So you give yourself to the Lord, you hear his voice, because it's not a have to. Remember, it's those who are already walking with him. It's a get to. And so you get to enter into that. Here's what I'm trying to say. It's the same pattern we found in the Old Testament. One who was in communion with God, one who was in relationship, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to God. And my dream, my prayer, is that the same would be said of us. Okay, uh, I, I have said many, many times and, and uh, taught us that a, a, a grateful church is a healthy church, and a grateful church is a generous church. And you, Northview, you, yes, you sitting right out there, you, I see you, right? Sitting right there. You guys over there too, you all count, right? You sitting right there, you have been an historically an incredibly gracious, grateful, and generous church. I don't know if you know about it, but outside these walls, you probably don't run into it too much, but I do because I run in pastor circles and stuff. And our reputation in the community is way greater than what we think of ourselves here. We're known as an incredibly gracious group. We're known as an incredibly generous group. And, and people talk about what we do, and like it's, it, it's fun to hear it, but I, you need to hear it. You need to know that people talk about Northview that way and go, that is an incredible group of people. And I just want to tell you, it's a, you're an incredible group of people to pastor and shepherd. And one of the reasons why is because of, of this grace right here. And when we say this, you know, like when, when we come to the holidays, and, and particularly this week of Thanksgiving, it's a reminder of all that God has done for us again. And that doesn't mean everything has gone good for us, right? Everything hasn't gone good. There have been some bad things that have happened. Many of us have been or are in suffering right now, be it all kinds of different levels. There's things that we went, man, I would not have picked to gone through that. That was not how I prayed that prayer. It, It hooked on me, right? And yet in the midst of that, We stay grateful, we stay generous, and and God's peace that passes understanding tells us we'll make it through. That we're going to get there. 
When you stop and you ask and say, I'll see you through this, will you just follow me? Nowhere does the Bible say there won't be suffering. A lot of people, I, I, our culture is bent in a pretzel over this issue right now. Why there's suffering and, and the pain of suffering. The Bible never said there wouldn't be suffering. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, all who want to be godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's suffering. Right? And the, and the Bible says we will suffer. But God will make all things work out for good for those who believe him. So it's not that bad things won't happen to us. It's that God will turn it into good. Now here's the rub on that. Usually it's 5 to 15 years later we figure it out. Right? And I can prove this to you this morning. Look back at some tough things that happened to you. Can you see the Lord's handprints on that now? Now look in the present. Can you see his fingerprints? No, it's clear as mud, right? But the same God who was faithful to you 15 years ago is the same God who's faithful to you right now, even though you can't see it. And that's why you stay thankful. That's why you stay grateful. Um, you know, I have a front row seat. My life is not like your life in a lot of ways. Um, you watch on MSN or Yahoo or what they have the the Hollywood stars right and how their lives are not like your life. You ever read some of those right? They're different than you because they do all these things. Uh, in a lot of ways, my life's different than yours uh, because I pick up on this stuff on kind of a large scale. I have a a front row seat in watching how bitterness, resentment, lack of forgiveness, and selfishness can destroy a person or a marriage, or a family, or a church. It walks into my office every week. And one of the telltale signs, the first thing I listen for is, are they able to stay grateful in spite of what's happened? If they can't, I've watched bitterness and resentment take and bend a person into a burned-out hulk of a shell of what they used to be. And they're dead to other people. They're dead to ministry. For all practical purposes, they're dead to God because they will not let it go. And somebody's going to pay him. By God, if God's not going to do it, I will do it. If it takes every last breath of my life, I will punish somebody. And if I can't punish somebody, I will punish me. You know what that does to a person? This is not just feel happy kind of stuff. This is staying anchored in the Holy Spirit with a spirit of thankfulness and gratefulness because it is our lifeblood. It is what keeps us healthy. It's what keeps us open. It's what keeps us alive. And again, my great encouragement, you have been and continue to be a wonderfully grateful and generous church. I'm serious, and you need to know this. Other guys wish they had you as their group. Okay? I brag on us all the time about how incredibly sacrificially generous we are. So here's the point. Don't give because you have to. Okay? Right? Don't do it. Don't give because you have to. But give because you get to. Let's give ourselves to God because we want to. We want to be generous to others. Why? Because he's been generous to us. How can we not be grateful when he's given us his best in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus? How can we not be grateful back? 
And this is just an opportunity to practice that, to walk in that grace. So here's a picture of Juan and Clarice again. The three ministries they do there in that building that he showed you, the Dream Center, uh, Camino del Fe, that's called the Walk of Faith, and then Carrios, all right? And uh, you can see Juan there and his dad, Speedy, on the picture. And, uh, and here's the point. You may not have much. College students, I'm looking at you, okay? You may not have much, but I guarantee you, you have more than they do down in Ensenada, all right? And here's the other thing that's really cool. A little bit goes a long way down there. So it doesn't have to be much to really bless. You know, we don't think much of five bucks for a coffee, right? No, five bucks on there, that's a big deal, right? And so together we're going to corporately pool our resources and we're just going to bless Juan and Clear. So it doesn't have to be big to make a big difference, all right? So that's the thank offering. Those who are already walking, they come together and they decide to bless. The Philippian church chose from day one to bless the Apostle Paul. Do you think that matters in heaven? Paul goes, that's the church right there. That's the group of people. Wouldn't that be cool to be in that group? That was them. Wow. Okay? I want that reputation for Northview. That was the group. That was the church. That was the people that had our back. And they were incredibly generous. And when someone asked, why did you do that? Well, because Jesus was so incredibly generous back to us. All right, let's stand this morning. That's the reasoning behind it. The envelope's in there. Take it home with you. Uh, if you want, like I, I write checks yet. I'm still a dinosaur. My wife says, no, we're not doing it. We're texting it in. I said, fine, you know how to do that? She goes, yeah. I said, okay, I don't. Uh, so whatever your preference is, you know, do that. But we're going to worship the Lord. Let's pray. Okay? Father, thank you so much for this uh, idea of a thank offering. And thank you for how Paul laid it out with the Philippian church. Just an incredible picture of people who understood your heart and reflected something magnificent, not just to Paul, which is, uh, uh, when we know of his life, that must have been just a huge source of encouragement, but a huge source of encouragement to you. There were people listening, there were people who were grateful, and they just wanted to give because they wanted to bless, because they'd been blessed by you. Lord, we want to be those people. We want to be that church. We ask that you would help us as we think through what you would like us to give. We would respond in faith. And Lord, we give that to you with great hope. It will make a big difference. That There will be many people in heaven as a result of this offering. And we give that to you in your name. Amen.